Hello, all. Please do come in. We're so glad you've joined us for another edition of the Book Nerd Diaries. Life can be rough sometimes, so please pull up a chair here in the library and relax for a while as we dive deep into the latest books we've crossed off our endless to-read list. Please be warned, dear listeners, that spoilers lie ahead, and some content might not be suitable for all listeners, so go check out the show notes for content warnings regarding today's book discussion and book. Ready? Then let's get our book nerd on. There's a rather well-known saying that I've heard throughout my life quite often. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. I'd venture to guess that you're probably rather familiar with this saying as well, though I'm not sure where it exactly originated from. While I appreciate this optimistic view that words can't harm you, I would argue that words are probably one of the most powerful and potentially harmful tools that we possess. Depending on our choice of words, we can either offer comfort or crush someone's spirits entirely. With words, we can share our stories or even teach people a new skill. Depending on the language you're speaking, certain words can be used to convey multiple meanings and some languages have words for complex concepts that can't be found in any other. If you've ever played the game Scrabble, done a crossword, or written a card for someone, it's very clear that words do really matter. No one, I believe, understands the power of words more than Chiori, the heroine of our marvelous book for today, Six Crimson Cranes, by Elizabeth Lim. Shiori is a girl who feels like she's been silenced by the crushing expectations of her station, who only learns to find her own voice when it's been taken away from her. As our story opens, we come upon a harrowing scene. Our heroine, a young girl named Shiori, is drowning. The tail of a dragon is wrapped around her throat, and she thrashes in the waters of her family's sacred pond as she fights for her next breath. As she'd snuck away without her family's knowledge, she didn't know if anyone was coming to save her. Earlier that day, her brother Hasho had been taking her to meet with the man she'd been arranged to marry. As the only daughter of the emperor, she'd been primed all her life to one day become the wife to someone of noble birth, which Yori does not agree with. As she's being taken to meet her fate, a paper crane named Kiki, whom she'd secretly brought to life through magic, flies out of her sleeve. Magic is considered forbidden in Chiori's kingdom, and so anyone discovering the paper crane could mean certain death or ruin for her. Because of this fear, she is forced to give chase. Kiki ultimately lands in the palace's sacred pond, and Chiori goes in after her paper crane, only to be dragged under by her heavy clothes. This, dear listeners, is where we circle back to the opening scene. Shiori struggling in the water, trying to free herself from the dragon's grip as the world fades to black. Right from the jump, you're fearing for the main character's life, and it adds a sense of immediate urgency to the book that just makes you want to keep reading to see what happens next. Thankfully, the next scene is a sigh of relief as Shiori wakes again, to find her six brothers surrounding her. They ask her what had happened, and she tries to explain that she had seen a dragon. 
but it appears that no one believes her. She is then summoned to meet with her father, the emperor, who expresses his disappointment at her actions. As atonement, she must create a tapestry to be sent to the family of her betrothed. This labor is to be done under the watchful eye of her stepmother, who has no name, but whom all refer to as Rikama, the nameless queen. Later, she is given a measure of solace when her brother Hasho tells her that he actually did believe her story. He also knows that she has magic, but advises her not to tell anyone, lest it put her in danger. Fiori is later working on the tapestry, devastated that she is missing the spring festival that is currently being held outside. Raikama catches her staring wistfully out the window and allows her to go join her brothers in the celebrations. Joyfully, Shiori does just that. She finds her brothers putting finishing touches on their elaborate kite and marvels at it before going to load up on her favorite food. She is happily eating away at her favorite treats when a boy in a dragon mask appears and steals the last of her food. She chases after him, and when she catches up with the thief, she soon discovers that he is, in fact, Seryu, the dragon she had encountered in the sacred pond in human form. He also knows that she has magic herself, which is why he had been so intrigued by her and had chosen to save her. He offers to help her learn to hone her skills and she agrees, leading to their meeting for a secret lesson in magic. Shiori uses her newly practiced abilities to make progress on the tapestry she had been tasked to make. She suspects that Raikama might believe her about the dragon, which she later relates to Seryu. Seryu informs her that Raikama is hiding magic of her own, and that he had saved Shiori's life by giving her a piece of his pearl, which is the source of all dragons' magic. Seryu finally tells her that he must leave to attend a council meeting in his father's kingdom under the waves, and will return when it is finished. Once Seryu leaves, Shiori decides to investigate his claims about Raikama to see for herself if they're true. She follows Raikama to her garden, where she is shocked to find that her stepmother is casting a spell, which invokes the names of her and her brothers. Raikama finds out that Shiori is there and tries to stop her but Shiori just manages to escape her clutches. She rushes into the palace and tells her brothers what she had seen. They do not believe her at first, until Raikama herself appears and uses magic on them. They try to fight back, but Raikama dispatches them by turning them all into cranes. Shiori, who is absolutely horrified, starts running away, but Raikama catches up with her and places a bowl on her head along with the curse. While the bowl is in place, Raikama says, it cannot be removed, and no one will know who she is. Furthermore, if she speaks a single word or makes one single noise, while the curse is in place, one of her brothers will immediately die. With her identity and her voice now completely stripped away from her, Jory is now completely alone in the world, save for her paper crane. She must somehow find a way to save her beloved brothers and stop Raikama for good, with nothing but the power of her own ingenuity. Thankfully, our brave princess has that in spades. Oh, I'm sorry everyone. It looks like someone needs help finding a book, so I need to step away for a second. Don't worry though, 
We'll be right back after this very quick break. Don't go anywhere. Are you an author, fellow podcaster, or small business owner looking to spread the word about your product or service? Then let us help you. We offer a number of affordable monthly advertising packages in various price ranges. So if you'd like to hear your ad here in future episodes, please head on over to our page at ko-fi.com slash bndpod and click on the shop tab to see what works best for you. Again, that's ko-fi.com slash bndpod. Then click on the shop tab. We can't wait to work with you. I ended up picking up the book Six Crimson Cranes for this show for three very distinct reasons. Firstly, it was constantly showing up on my Goodreads page as a recommended book. Secondly, the cover artwork was immediately striking when I first saw it, with our heroine surrounded by a flurry of white feathers. Thirdly, the premise of a princess under a curse struck that special place in my heart I've always had for fairy tales. Indeed, the bizarre and magical elements that make fairy tales so wonderful are all there, complete with dragons, yet there is so much more to this story than meets the eye. Shiori may be a princess, but despite her position, she is far from helpless. She is a courageous, independent soul with a good heart, who is never afraid to fight for herself and those she loves. When she has no one to lean on, and no way to speak, she never once wavers in her goal of saving her brothers. Throughout the book, she faces down dragons and ends up living deep in enemy territory, where any wrong move could mean her end. Due to the bowl on her head, many think her a demon, causing her to be either ignored or repeatedly abused by those around her. Anyone else would probably be faced by such overwhelming odds, but she'll do anything as long as it brings them back to her. Likewise, even though they are turned into cranes, her brothers never stop doing everything they can to protect her and help her on her dangerous mission. They never once blame her for bringing the curse on them, but simply left her without question. I should probably state here that this core relationship between Chiori and her brothers is my absolute favorite element of the book. Fairy tales generally focus on romantic relationships, and we do get those later on. But the real focus throughout Six Crimson Cranes is the unbreakable bonds of family. Siblings might annoy you sometimes, or find their own lives as they grow older, but in the end, they're always in your corner. And I just love how Elizabeth Lim so beautifully portrays those unique dynamics. Being one of six children myself, I can definitely relate to that. Reading this book, the one lesson that I took away is this. The people who are worth keeping around will love you for exactly who you are. They do not try to change you to fit their own needs or treat you like a burden, but instead celebrate every little facet of who you are. They do not try to own you, but instead let you be your own person with your own thoughts and dreams. Those are the relationships worth cherishing and you should never accept any substitutes. In the end, I would highly recommend this book to anyone who is looking for a grade-A spin on a classic princess story. Much like the most recent book we covered on this show, Witches Steeped in Gold 
by Shannon Smart. You will not find your typical damsel in distress here, but instead a young woman with her own mind and her own goals. It's epic, fun, and heartfelt all at once, and I can't wait to read it all over again. With that all, we finally made it to the end of our discussion for today. It's always an honor to spend time with you here in the library, and we truly hope you've enjoyed your visit, too. Before we leave you all for now, however, we would just like to extend some very special thank yous. Firstly, thank you so much to Julie and Katie, aka one of the very best sisters I could ever ask for, for being our incredible Ride or Die subscribers over at patreon.com slash bndpod. Your kind monthly contributions are really what keep the lights on here at the library, and for that, we truly can't thank you enough. If you, too, would like to get perks like early ad-free episodes, two exclusive episodes a month, notes, scripts, our monthly newsletter, as well as access to our new private Discord server, we really hope you'll join them. Our deepest gratitude also goes out to anyone who has taken the time to share our episodes on social media, left us a review via Apple Podcasts or their app of choice, or told the people in their lives about us. These are the best free ways to help bring more people to the library, and independent operations like ours depend on word of mouth to grow, so every bit truly helps. Next week, Friday, April 8th, we'll be dropping a special bonus episode just for our dear $5 and up subscribers on Patreon. And we'll see you right back here in two weeks for another edition of the Book Nerd Diaries. See you then! The Book Nerd Diaries is written, edited, researched, and hosted by me, Amber Wilchin. Thank you so much to the wonderful Astrofreck from Pixabay for the use of our theme song, The Grand Entrance. All other music and sound effects you hear during this episode are also provided by the good people of Pixabay, so please check out the show notes for full credits. If you'd like to connect with us online, please follow us on Instagram or Twitter at BNDPod, on Facebook at Book Nerd Diaries, or via our website at bndpod.wordpress.com. If you have any comments, questions, or ideas for future episodes to send my way, please feel free to drop an email anytime at bndpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, everyone. Please be good to yourselves, because the world needs you. And don't forget to support your local library.